Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast exists to inspire and encourage your heart-centered leadership. Each week, I share interviews with some of the greatest heart-centered leaders in the world. And I hope that our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. Please visit abty.co.uk if you would like us in your corner. These interview sessions are brought to you by Matt Media Online Marketing, an independent agency who specialize in content marketing, helping business owners get their message seen by the right audience. If you want to get your business seen through the power of social media, head to mattmedia.online. On episode 220, I am joined by Olga Skalska. Olga is the founder of Move and Grow, embodied psychology and coaching. Move and Grow is a consulting company with the mission to move individuals and organizations towards sustainable growth. Olga helps clients with stress, overwhelm and burnout so that they can create more meaningful and fulfilling lives. It's a great conversation. It's one that is going to inspire your embodiment. It is episode 220 with Olga Skalska. Olga, welcome to the Always Better Yesterday podcast. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much. Thank we've you been for connected. Yeah, we've been connected a little while, and I'm glad to have this conversation today. You and I both are psychologists at heart. Yes. But there's a little bit extra to your psychology stuff that you talk about: move and grow, embodied psychology and coaching. Let's start there. What does it mean to have embodied psychology and coaching with this thing called move and grow? Oh, that's a long story. So I'll try to be brief. <laughs> that's okay. No need to be brief. Let's go back to the beginning. So, yeah, I I finished psychology uh, as a degree in 2014. But then I decided I'm not going to go that direction. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been working in, in uh, leadership um, in, in a big corporation. And... Um, when I so I was studying full time and then working full time and that led to a massive burnout uh in 2014-15. Um and I I didn't feel connected to being a psychologist, mm-hmm. like to work as a psychologist um in the clinical setting. And um and I kind of want had I had a craving to explore the world. And to look for who I really am, mm. because I felt like I'm living a life that's not mine, that right. it was designed by school, by my parents, by society. Mm-hmm. And I followed all the steps and I've been trying to prove my worth for 25 years. And mm. it only led me to burnout, exhaustion, anxiety, uh, insomnia, and so on. So I needed to move, like physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. I needed to move from that life. And in 2015, I booked one-way ticket to Spain. Mm-hmm. And I moved physically, but I also started moving um, emotionally and, and energetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started to learn a bit more about myself, about who I am, about what I want. Um, and, and that's how the journey started. And then I had, um, so I lived in, a, in Spain for a couple of months. And then in the meantime, I got accepted to the university 
in Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, and I was like, okay, I, I'll give it a go. Because I didn't know what I wanted back then. I was just open to possibilities and I wanted to open doors for myself. And uh, I landed in Denmark and the life was way different than what I expected. But I started studying and I started working again um, and learning different things, working in a completely different environment because it was not office. It mm. was more service um, and, and leadership in, a, in operations of, of bars, um, venues and, and, and stuff like that because I was, I was working mostly part-time. But I uh, repeated a pattern of overworking myself and of proving my worth because I was in a new country. I was um, an immigrant. I was uh, looking for that approval, that um, belonging mm. in the new place and, and establishing life. It was very stressful. And I was in survival mode. I, mm -hmm. I entered survival mode. So uh, it led again to a burnout. When I graduated in 2017, I, I was lost again. And I again had um, struggled with a lot of anxiety, insomnia. I struggled with, um, yeah, lack of sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. and, and I decided, okay, I'm going to Spain. I need to clear up my mind. I need to actually not work for some time so i went to spain and i was doing some volunteering i um i've been around fantastic community it was sunny it was good for my 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 uh my body to be in a different setting and to give myself time to explore and that's how i encountered groove which is um, a dance method that uh, I teach now um, through very random networking event. Um, I found out about uh, the group, uh, the world group movement. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I signed up for a course that was in two months in Copenhagen, two streets from my, my flat. Yeah. And that was like a sign. I was like, no, 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 this is a sign. You need to do that. You need to sign up. This sounds like you. So briefly about Groove, because not everyone knows what it is. Groove is a um, fun, easy, interactive group dance experience where we, when we connect uh, in two, three simple steps and the style of the song, uh, different, uh, different uh, genres of music, and we self-express. So we get out of our busy heads and mm -hmm. overthinking mm -hmm. and we get into the body, we get into the feelings uh, and we are getting out of past or future. We get in mm -hmm. the present moment mm -hmm. to actually feel, um, to feel what's happening um, and feel our bodies and bring that awareness to to our feelings and um, and self-express whatever needs to be let, like whatever we need to let out. Mm. So Groove is all about self-expression, not um, nailing a certain move. We It's not the choreography. We are dancing our hearts out, mm. literally. Um, and it's super liberating. And 
I was sold just by two sentences that women at networking events said she's a groove facilitator. And I'm like, what is that? And then she said, you know, it's like um, you dance to a song, but you do it in the group. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to know what's that. <laughs> because I always love dancing, but I couldn't remember any choreography. So I failed at any possible dance class. Um, and I thought I just don't have... I just don't have talent, you know, so I'm just, I'm just going to dance on my own at home. And then I found out about Groove and that was a turning point in my life because um, I came back to Denmark. I did my, uh, my certification and that uh, was a profound piece of my healing because suddenly I opened Pandora box of everything that I've been <laughs> suffocating mm -hmm. <laughs> inside of my body because suddenly I used my body as a vessel for self-expression and I accessed all the feelings that I've been suppressing mm -hmm. uh, for all my life and not even my feelings but also my ancestral traumas and feelings that have have been suppressed for so long and that is another piece of why my brand is called move and grow it's because I needed to move away physically from environment that was not uh, good for me mm -hmm. I had to move away from limiting beliefs about myself about who I am and and what I can or what I cannot do I had to move from feelings that I've been carrying that were not mine emotions that were not mine um and and I had to move away from spiritual, even like spiritual beliefs that were not mine. So um, that was a huge process of me rediscovering myself and therefore um, the name. <laughs> if you don't move, if you don't, and it's not only about dancing, but it's, it's everything that's in inertia dies. Mm. So in order to, to grow, you need to keep moving even tiny bit so um when i when i did this transformational journey um it started like 2018 mm -hmm. like a massive because uh, i've been doing a lot of inner work before but it was very mental as you know we do a lot of <laughs> reading and then we research and then we get like all this information but we what we actually do is is we get paralyzed with all this information and we think that we heal in this way mm. that the more we know about ourselves uh the better we are but it's just a clutter if if it's not lived if it's not processed if it's not embodied the knowledge we do um also if we don't regulate the nervous system which is a big part of of healing uh then we just we just bypass we just bypass and that's something that i've learned uh the hard way <laughs> on my own to my own healing when i started uh my certification and that opened this box of mm. hey you you're a perfectionist it ruins your life mm. you're a control freak um you're totally you you have a lack of worth um you're validating yourself externally uh you're people pleasing big time. Mm -hmm. You are the rescuer in your family. Mm -hmm. And that is burdening you to death. You need to change that. 
and um and and that was so overwhelming it was actually overwhelming the amount of things that i had to deal with um emotionally um mentally and spiritually uh to to process but i'm very happy it happened yeah. for me because this is <laughs> this made me me now yeah. so and now i can help people go through that process that's challenging hey my friends thank you for being with us so far i hope you're enjoying the interview I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about our signature heart print coaching. Our heart print coaching is for you if you're ready to go all in on becoming a heart-centered leader, ready to go all in on doing more of what you love, ready to see what you are capable of with support, guidance and accountability. You're ready to go on a rapid transformational journey that will change your life and others in as little as three months. Are you ready to show up with courage and share your gift with the world? Ready to start making an income and more impact by doing what you love? Ready to start leaving your legacy where those around you are left better than yesterday? In our Heartprint Signature Coaching, in our time together, I'll help you lead from your heart set. I'll help you develop other people and your team. I'll help you bring your heart work to the world. I'll help you start leaving a legacy and capturing examples of your impact. I will help you be someone you love, to do more of what you love, and to serve people that you love. It's an amazing opportunity for someone who's ready to go all in and be a heart-centered leader. I'll throw in loads of other bonuses, including your life languages profile, uh, access to our Master Heart and Mind membership, and even some Always Better Than Yesterday merchandise. Head to abty.co.uk forward slash coaching to find out more, and I look forward to connecting with you very soon. That's abty.co.uk forward slash coaching. Here we go. Back to the interview. Yeah, that's powerful, and thank you for sharing that. And uh, you posted recently about your thirty third birthday and yeah. and how things have changed and are different. And you used these two words. You talked about the energy that you're gaining from the alignment and the expansion. And I'd just love to know, you know, what brought you into alignment? Is there anything specific self awareness? Is there? I know the whole box of embodiment and this journey that you've been on, but is there anything that specifically brought you out of that? Because you said earlier about you started to realize the conditioning. And that's a bit of a waking up moment, isn't it? When did you start to become aware of both the external influence and also the inner voice? When did you become aware of those two types of things? Um, so the first, I think, started when I was like 24. Um, and just because I just before I quitted my corporate job and I left Poland, um, I had like a inner conflict and and I didn't know how to resolve it. Like I I felt something's off, something's off in my life. Mm. I just don't know what. I just feel trapped. Like if I don't change something, I literally I'm gonna die. Mm. Um and and all the symptoms that I had, which was insomnia and all anxiety was just um manifestation of my my inner world um and and that was the first kick kick in the butt that you're doing you need to change something and you're out of alignment because when we are in alignment our body is different it has a different um we we embody different qualities mm -hmm. so we feel more relaxed 
we we have an open posture we the breath is different um so hmm. back then my body was more intense tensed yeah, and yeah. contracted and ready to fight and and um, it was all opposite of relaxed open embodiment yeah. um was like it was like embodiment of survival Hey friends, I just wanted to take a quick moment to introduce the new official sponsor of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, Matt Media Online Marketing. Matt Media have been involved in the production of over 100 interview sessions. I highly recommend their services. Matt Media Online Marketing are an independent agency who specialize in content marketing, helping business owners get their message seen by the right audience. If you want your business seen through the power of social media, head to mapmedia.online. You can find the link in the show notes. And here we go. Back to the interview. Sure. Uh, are you a are you a student of Mark Walsh? Yes. Yeah. So so Mark was on the podcast last year and um Mark's just moved recently to a town locally. So I met Mark for lunch last week in person, which wow. is first world world, right? Yes. Yes, but he's brilliant. Oh, that's right. so great. Yes, he's brilliant. Yeah. I love all his teachings. I took embodiment training from his company. So yeah. he was a teacher. So um, I really, I really appreciate what he does. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. And I listen to his podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, um, you, you said something earlier around high achievers. Yeah. And, it, and I think you have a heart for their suffering. Why do you think high achievers are suffering at the moment? I think that they suffer because the world is taking advantage is taking advantage of them. Mm. And they don't know how to escape that. Mm. And high a mindset of a high achiever is the more I do, the more I prove, the more I appreciation I will get. Mm. But it's never happening. Because this bar, you never achieve the bar. Because the mm. bar is, it just could keep moving up, 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 up. So it's, it's it, it, you, no matter what you do, you never feel good enough. Because there's always some something changing. There's always another thing to achieve. There's another um, target. Uh, whether it's your looks, whether it's your job or your relationship or parenting, whatever. Mm. Um, the you can't reach the bar <laughs> so therefore it, high achievers have yeah they have a hard time in the modern mod, modern world that is very much competitive and everything is about success mm. and success is defined in one way money and status mm. uh, and achievement in that mm. way so if you're yeah. not striving for that and it's not your definition of success uh and you don't know that it's your definition mm. of success so this is unaware you're gonna suffer because if you know what's your definition of success and you know uh, and you are working towards alignment to mm. align your values and your definition of success with your lifestyle mm. or your work or whatever you are contributing with um then you're fine then uh, then you have much more peace uh, in your mind and body yeah. but if you are unaware then it's yeah. a problem 
I love that because when you talk about alignment, we talk about heart, mind, body, right? And mm-hmm. um, your I, I interviewed a wonderful lady called Maureen Murdoch who wrote a book called The Heroine's Journey. One of the things that she says about the culture is that it entices women into this culture that gives this illusion of, hey, if you just perform more, if you just give more, if you contribute more, you can have all of this worldly adoration and, you know, much like the masculine world that's been built, you know, you can be adored like that too if you just give your life to work. Mm-hmm. And and so, unfortunately, women go out into the workplace, they give of themselves more than they get back and it disconnects them from their soul, their heart work, and it disconnects them from their body. So I find it really interesting that you come back to this sense of getting into your body and the embodiment is that is that something for me that you recognize in your line of work what i've just said oh yeah totally 100 percent uh especially like for women i think that we the whole society it's bo- both women women and men we suffer mm. that's for sure there is no i don't want to say that women suffer more than men or men suffer more than women um the society suffers yeah uh, because we are so disembodied we are so disconnected from the body um because of the pace of life because of the unrealistic expectations because of yeah yada 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 (laughs) that that uh, society expects of us and we when we are like in one spectrum more than the other so yin and yang i'm probably sure you know what's yin and yang so masculine Mm -hmm. feminine energies if we are in the masculine all the time what's happening a burnout Mm. it's not sustainable it needs Mm. to be balanced masculine and feminine energies they need to be balanced in order to have healthy life and relationships Mm -hmm. and modern society is mostly in masculine so we are in performance and uh, productivity and uh, focus and um, very active lifestyle Mm -hmm. never stopping so we are like in the car, you have gas in the brake. We go gas nonstop. And and it, it's it's inevitable we're going to have a crash. Because you yeah. can't drive a car only using gas, right? Yeah. You need to yeah. brake. You need to use the brake. So feminine is like the brake. To be more present, to stop, to nurture, mm-hmm. to care. Mm-hmm. Um, to be in the body more than in yeah. the logical mind because that's masculine energy being logical yeah. and, and, and we need both and we all yeah. have that right and, and, and yeah. every man every woman has this balance of these two energies and i think you know w- without any man shall we say rejecting this idea of being feminine or having feminine energy it's simply just doing what you just said which is taking that time to go what's important to me what yeah. do i care about who am i because maureen so Joseph Campbell wrote The Hero's Journey, which is very much in the world, whereas Maureen's heroine's journey is much more around the inner world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we can all relate to is that we have this physical way that we show up and the things that we do and the spaces and the places that we create. But then there's also that heart of, well, who am I whilst I'm doing these mm-hmm. things? What's important to me about why I'm doing these things? And I think, you know, I, I've had some good men on the podcast recently being brave enough to talk about being heart-centered as men. And and that that that's kind of what epitomizes for me a heart-centered man is he's taking the time to go, who am I? What do I care for? What do I stand for? And is making that commitment to bring more of that to the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just simply stopping. 
Right. Taking a break and taking a breath and breathing and feeling, okay, how do I feel? What do I need? Just yeah. two simple questions. How do I feel? What do I need? Mm. Uh, and doing, doing it three, five times a day. It's a beautiful practice to actually stop from being in the future, which we mm. tend to mm. be a lot mm. or in the past and be in the present moment and appreciating and stopping and getting out of that autopilot, all this habitual stuff that we do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that you, you talk about self-leadership. I think what you've just said is self-leadership is the ability just to get off auto autopilot and be able to go, what do I need and give myself that? Um, what are some of the ways with which you like to help people lead themselves? Move your body. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's something that I stand for. It's, it's literally my life. Yeah. Uh, and the way I... Okay, so I teach people skills. This is this is what I love. It's like I'm doing coaching. I um, I'm doing therapy. I'm I'm psychologist. I do online coaching. I do um, in person events and uh, online stuff. But I teach people skills. That's that's mm. the base of my work. Is not to tell you what to do, but I'll teach you a skill that will improve mm. your life. Uh, so I teach people self regulation how to take care of their nervous system um, so they can actually be more present uh, in their day-to-day -day lives. Mm. And so also to self-regulate on a daily basis so when they're stressed out, they can mm. actually respond, not react. Yeah. So yeah. instead of going into habitual uh, reaction, or uh, coping strategies that are not healthy, we can actually stop, mm. self-regulate, self-soothe emotionally and make mindful decisions on how we're going to show up. Yeah. How do you think, how do people start to recognize when they are dysregulated? Is it dysregulated? Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. How, yeah. How, would, how would people recognize when they're out of uh, this uh, regulated nervous system? It's body. It's always yeah. the body that speaks louder. So mm -hmm. if, it, let's say, not, not I would say most of the people don't recognize when they're dysregulated. That's the problem. Yep. That's the yep. issue. Because yes. we are so disembodied that we don't pay attention yep. to our breath, to our posture, to um, heartbeat, to everything that, that the body sends as a signal that something is off. Yeah. Um, so the first step is actually to slow down and take that break just to observe your body with kindness mm. because what people tend to do is that they put judgment even if they are stressed out then they add the judgment on top of that mm. oh i'm stressed out and then they get even more dysregulated because they punish themselves for being stressed out yeah. and and that is something that i think the modern world misses the most is compassion right and compassion is feminine energy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm saying, yeah, we are operating out of that logical, very rational, um, productivity-based yeah. masculine energy. And that um, lacks compassion yeah. and, and uh, acknowledgement of what's going on. 
want to pick up on the back of what you said around compassion being a feminine energy i've just i'm reading at the moment the gospel of mary um which isn't a well-known text but um in it it talks about how at the crucifixion only the women were present none of the disciples were present or a very few were present um and and the the author kind of does an analysis of it and speaks to this idea that compassion is a feminine trait because actually the if you think about the masculine at their best they're fixers the problem solvers and yeah. fixers right and there's a guy on a cross right in front of you you can't fix or solve that so the 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 ability so compassion for me means to be with calm means to be with and passion means suffering yeah. so for us to be more compassionate we have to learn how to be with others in their suffering and i think the irony there is sometimes we need to be able to be with ourselves in our own suffering first because i don't think we can meet others at the depths of them any further than we've met the depths of ourselves 100 percent, and that's actually what mark teaches and what i also got from that uh, training embodiment training is first you you are the first so first you need to be able to have self-awareness body awareness you need to know how to self-regulate and show your self-compassion in order to take it into your relationships and communities otherwise it's not gonna work it's just not gonna work so you're 100 percent correct um yeah compassion is key mm. um, towards ourselves first yeah. And you work in the corporate space. How does this kind of extrapolate? How do we build on this from the individual to the level of the team when it comes to safety, when it comes to regulation? Mm, that's a very complex problem yeah. uh, for many reasons. And it goes to diversity in organization. That's the first thing. Mm. If, we, we, if we take it from the bird view perspective and the organization, first we need to see the diversity. So how many men women ratio is in the company um then the the leadership what kind of leadership uh, style you use is it is there it's more flat is it higher uh higher there is there hierarchical a hierarchy? <laughs> yeah yes. uh, because the more hierarchy you have in an organization the more masculine it is sure yeah so you will see more toxicity in general uh, in in organizations like that um so it's it's a complex complex look mm. uh, complex thing to look at when we look on a, a, at organization but usually it starts from leadership mm. from top from the Why top do you think... i always say that top is the most important to mm. uh, drive the healthy culture or toxic culture mm. and what do you think you of the hallmarks that... yeah what do you think of the hallmarks then of the toxicity sorry what do you think are the hallmarks, the characteristics of that culture that becomes toxic? Uh, so what what qualities has? What yeah, how you said when a when a, there's more hierarchy, it becomes more mm -hmm. toxic. What um, how might that manifest? Uh, it can manifest in micromanagement. It can manifest in power dynamics because someone has a different level of expertise or different level of uh, uh, seniority mm -hmm. um so that affects organizations uh um in in terms of communication and yeah. productivity and um competition for promotion exactly 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lack of collaboration, yes. sharing yes. of ideas. Also innovation. Yeah. Pure innovation. The, the the more flat is the structure, the more ideas people bring to the table because they have more psychological safety mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. And when you have those higher uh, those, those organization with uh, hierarchies, uh, then there is much more politics involved mm-hmm. and much more ego. Yeah. So, There's a lot of talk from psychologists around psychological safety and trust being the foundation mm-hmm. of all great teams. And I commented, I think it was on um, uh, Amy Cuddy or someone's post recently where she was talking, I think it was her, was talking about the importance of psychological safety. And I just said, I look forward to the day when psychologists come out and say that it's actually unconditional love that creates psychological safety mm-hmm. and trust. I'd love to know what your thoughts are based on that. I know I've just hit you straight with it right now but what what what's your perspective on love in leadership and love in in the workplace so i don't believe in unconditional love at the workplace <laughs> that's the thing because yeah. it is still transactional mm-hmm. so you go to work you receive your time uh and that's what we do right mm-hmm. unconditional love should be in your family but when when organizations say uh we are here like family. No, you don't. You're not because I'm still getting evaluated. I'm still getting, um, yeah, my performance affects my salary and my, yeah, my career development. Mm-hmm. So I might get fired if I don't perform. Mm. Therefore, it's conditional. Uh, and that should be transparent that, that organizations are clear about that. We are not family. We respect each other. We work towards um, common goals and we want to create a healthy, um, respectful environment mm. for people to grow. But it's not unconditional. <laughs> mm. I, 100%. So, so I, I, I do believe in the, in the essence of unconditional when it comes to leading people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I completely understand that that will fall down the minute you wrap around a culture that is performance-based. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um I just love to understand then what you believe if if it's not a family how does one how does a leader create belonging places and spaces where people feel like they belong by being in alignment first like if you are a leader of a team or an organization um you need to be well regulated so you need to know how to manage with stress. You need to know how to self-express your feelings uh, in a healthy way. Um, you need to be able to um, expand your window of tolerance for multiple perspectives. And I think that's the biggest challenge of mm. a human being because that takes a lot of practice. to be able to hold space for for people who might not always agree with you so leadership is a tough thing and it is it's really tough to be a leader it takes a lot of um, punches to become resilient and to lead with with heart mind and spirit um to be able to stand your ground and, and be in alignment with your values, but also to leave the room for, for flexibility and uh, multiple perspectives. 
And yeah. that's why I work a lot with the body and self-regulation because through embodiment practices, through uh, nervous system regulation, we can actually expand that window of tolerance, which is a window for stress. Right. Because in organizations, there's always conflict. There is, um, mm. uh, there are setbacks. There are, um, yeah, crises. Yeah. And the better equipped we are as leaders to have resilience, and resilience is the ability to hold space for stress. Mm. So the bigger your window of tolerance is, the more you can take on. And it doesn't affect you. You can bounce back. It's bouncing back um, from adversity back to your baseline. Uh, so that's that's why I think that uh, self-regulation, emotional uh, self-expression, healthy self-expression, mm-hmm. um, connection to have vulnerability, that's a big one. The, mm-hmm. the, the ability to show the parts of you that you're scared to show the most for people to to lead by example. For mm-hmm. me, being a leader is showing your vulnerability and opening the door in that way for other people to do the same. Mm. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's, I think Brene Brown says that there, you cannot separate courage and vulnerability. And I, yeah. and I think, you know, the root of the word courage is cur in French, which means heart. Yeah. So I think courage, some people are saying in the, in the world that courage is doing it scared. I don't think that's right definition. I think, cur- I think, I think that's bravery, doing it scared. I think courage is doing it with heart. Yeah. And when we do it with heart, it's with the essence of who we are, what we care about, what we stand for, our values, our gifts, our beliefs. So when we come up to the world in love, with love, from heart, we run the risk of being rejected. We run the yeah. risk of being ridiculed. We run the risk of being unaccepted and all these things. That's why it's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But I think wonderful things happen when people display vulnerability, not as a strategy, not as a as a way of using emotions to manipulate people to do what you want, but as a way of genuinely connecting heart to heart with people. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I totally agree. And vulnerability, so there is no authenticity without vulnerability. Right, right. And that's something that I see a lot in organization people still struggle the most is to bring your whole self to work yes it's really tough people just wear masks i'm going to work i'm putting on mask i'll do my job and i leave well that's that's because we just yeah that's because we just show the bits like you say with the conditions you know we we're we're so familiar with the job advert the job descriptions that say hey we want you to have these characteristics and qualities but from the work that I've done over the years, the work, you know, even with Dr. John Martini when he came on the podcast um, back in the last year, he says that you can't have a positive only magnet. Mm. Like what he means is that we are polarity in ourselves. Yeah. There is a light, which is all the stuff that the job wants of us that's good, but that will inevitably come with this shadow. And I'd just love to, I just wonder whether an organization will be brave enough in future just to go, and here's what we'll tolerate because yeah. you're going to get the shadow behavior anyway. Yeah. But unless an organization and a leader is able to not only receive the good, 
but accept the shadow, you're never going to get full belonging because you're only fitting in the yeah. good parts that I'm only allowed to bring. Yes, 100%. 100%. And I will circle back to what I said before, yeah. the window of tolerance. Yeah. If you build up your window of tolerance for yourself, right. To accept your own shadow. Yes. That's something that I do a lot in my work with people, with my group coaching, with my individual coaching, loving the parts of yourself that you don't want other others to see. Right. That is the hardest part of healing. That is the hardest part of self-development. Yes. It's not to uh, become the best version of yourself. It's about allowing the bad version of yourself to be loved and to be accepted. And, yes. and if you expand that capacity for yourself, you will you will not seek that approval as much outside. You will not care about that as much. Mm. Um, so maybe at work you won't even need that anymore. But it it is vital because we are a, we are social species. We want to be belong in the workplace. If, and I think this is what's really changing right now after pandemic and people going, not coming back to offices or being very re reluctant to do so, is for companies to um, take a different approach towards leadership and towards belonging, to really encourage that psycho psychological safety, to look at mental health and physical health. I would, I would love them to look at the holistic health how to create um, cultures, uh, work environments that have psychological safety and people actually can bring their whole self to work and not always pretend I'm fine, I'm fine, but yeah. actually be able to say, hey, I'm, I, I feel like shit today, but I'll, I'll... you want to talk about it? No, no, I'm fine. I... Yes. But I'm just not good. No, I'm not going to be happy. But I'm bringing my human, I'm bringing my whole human. Yeah. You talk about healthy workplace culture being a balance of well-being and performance. How do how does an organisation strike the balance? How, you know, it's it's a, it's a shame that we've got to make the case for well-being, but um, you know, where do you find that balance? So the um, balance maybe it's not the best word, but how do we actually bring well-being to work? Mm -hmm. Um, it's First of all, leadership. It always starts leading by example. So if I had I had a case, someone contacted me for consultancy uh, when it comes to culture and they wanted to implement some breaks at work and um, and they wanted to give uh, uh, some tools for employees to in incorporate those healthy breaks and um, in their organization but then i asked them some questions around the whole how does that work in everyday life uh, mm -hmm. how is your management doing what how how the organization works and then i found out that the most of the people are overworked that uh, they've been there for 20 years that uh, management is not it's not going to do that it's going to go from bottom up and i'm like that's not going to work you want to give them healthy breaks when they are loaded with work till here and then you want to add up breaks in their already mm. 
full day. That's not going to work. And then we talked about it. Like, okay, uh, maybe you should, maybe you should redefine what you really need. Uh, what what are the real changes? What what is the real need of that company? Maybe you need more workforce. Maybe you need uh, different uh, reorganization um, structure. The structure needs to be different of teams uh, mm -hmm. and how they work because you cannot just put a plaster on an open wound and pretend that, oh, now we're going to do some healthy breaks. I mean, I believe in healthy breaks. Uh, it's something that I, I will also want to work in the future. Um, and I believe belief in uh, moving your body and and having that movement incorporated in your in your work um, day but it needs to come hand in hand with some basic understanding of how people work and if they are overloaded with stuff they're not going to think about taking a break that will be the last thing they're going to think about so um yeah mm. well-being I would start with psycho-education psycho and training and uh, making it a priority for the leadership to understand the, the importance of them taking care of themselves. Because if they don't understand it, they, they're going to expect, <laughs> if they, they, what they know is abuse, yeah. Yeah. they will pass that. They will expect the abuse from their employees. I've been in organizations like that. I've been toxic myself. And I've been leading people too. And I've been expecting this from my coworkers. So uh, it needs to happen on the top. Mm. The whole organization needs to be engaged in, in, um, in well-being practices. Uh, there must be an education, education about health, holistic health, um, about uh, how to manage stress, how to recognize stress early before it's too late. Um, we have a big issue in Denmark with sick leaves when it comes to stress. It's right. a huge issue. And uh, yet, still, organizations are not doing anything to prevent that and to teach people how to identify stress early so they don't go on a sick leave because that costs a lot of money, mm. taxpayers' money. Um, but this is changing slowly. I see that there is, it's being taken more seriously now with a lot of uh, awareness. But as I, as I say, awareness is not enough. There is a needed, action is needed because people are suffering yeah. and they suffer in silence yeah. most yeah. of the time. I used the word ACT, A-C-T, which mm -hmm. starts with the awareness, then the, the actual choice of doing something. And then those two things together make the transformation possible. If we want to get to the transformation, we can't just have the awareness. We have to be mm -hmm. making choices to do something yes. that leads us one step closer to that. You describe yourself as a multi-passionate. Yes. I'd just love to know what kind of freedom you gain from having that multi-passionate expression. I'll again I'll circle back to feminine and masculine energies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is super important. Uh, so in my past, I thought that I can just do some of the things. Uh because yeah, I took certain education. 
I've been working within some leadership, so I need to stick around that because that's what I know and that's what I'm known for. Um, but that didn't feel good. It, it literally, I had a huge resistance in my body and my mind to just be boxed in some, oh, now you're a psychologist, so you know, you only yeah. work as a psychologist. Yeah. And, um, and I love diversity in everything. Uh, my life is a huge diverse is very diverse from my circle of friends to my lifestyle to the way I travel mm. everything I do is in the, it's is very diverse so it couldn't be any different than incorporating that in my in my work so um up until some point I was in leadership and uh, I finished psychology but then I started exploring uh, okay, I need to go and see if I like this thing. Because how do I know what I like if I haven't tried many things yet? So I went into that exploration. I tried different types of jobs. I was a bartender. I was a waitress. I was a hostess. I was a model. I was many, many different things. And then I found out that I ha actually have a lot of passion to many things. And that... that I have a lot of joy of trying new things and then being good at it mm. and then moving on to the next thing. Um, mm. But but um, that didn't happen overnight. It was a process of me reconnecting with my feminine energy, which is a creative energy. So let's say up until I was like 28, I thought that I'm just not a creative person. Mm, same. That I was, I thought that I can... Uh, do certain tasks i can be very efficient very productive but i just don't have that trait that yep. is just i'm just not creative that's it yeah and then i through uh, body movement and groove i reconnected with my feelings i reconnected with my body and i suddenly realized that i can create things yeah. so i can design a workshop that is about confidence and using music as a tool dance as a tool design the whole experience for 90 minutes for people to actually process things and i would never expect that i can do this mm -hmm. uh, because i always thought i'm not creative yeah. it's just because i was disconnected from my creativity for so long because i was operating out of masculine energy mm. so the more i started reconnecting with my with with being present and with being in my body and listening to my intuition and and being guided by my intuition i started creating amazing things uh it's master classes it's um um team building um workshops all sort of different things that i thought mm -hmm. i i just didn't have talent to um so that was a big discovery and now um i used to be ashamed of being so all over the place that i love so many things but now i'm actually proud of it because um yeah. i'm a one person orchestra yeah. i can literally do so many things and do it for the first time and being so good at it mm. and people mm. are, are asking me so sometimes i'm getting a little anxious so after performing something, a speaking gig or a workshop or something that I've never done before with a subject I never worked before, 
and then I ask for feedback and I'm like you know this is actually something I did for the first time people are like what yeah yeah <laughs> what yeah what <laughs> isn't it something that you do every day I'm like no I actually did it for the first time uh, yeah. and and then they're like okay so you're naturally gifted no 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 I just did so many different things mm. I used to be a karaoke DJ right yeah i literally that's how i picked up the mic and i have no problem speaking public speaking anymore yes. because i was talking to drunk people and singing with them for for a long time yeah yeah yeah. so it is building your capacity your window of tolerance for what you can do mm. and what you believe like and believing in yourself that it's okay well i'll approach it as an experiment let's see what happened what's gonna happen yeah i love that love that mindset um, it's a great yeah. mindset shift isn't it is that um that that shift from why me to why not me exactly mm. exactly and and even if you not great at it i mean it's an experience doesn't yeah it and it's given ourselves the freedom and permission to to do that and, and yeah. be of use and serve other people and, and see what transformations we can facilitate and and i think sometimes if you were to take a step back and look at the overarching connection between all of your passions is there something that connects them all is there a we i use the word heart print which is mm -hmm. which is the effect the transformation the possibilities that we create through the work that we do would mm -hmm. you would how would you look at your heart print how would you describe the impact that you you have on people good question that's a very good question um i would narrow it down to freedom and courage to love yourself unconditionally. Um, that's something that I work a lot. Um, and that's something that I hear the most from people who attend my classes or people who got into my coaching or somehow end up working with me. It's that they feel accepted and that they can be themselves. Uh, and that they get some sort of loving energy um, that stays with them and yeah. opens their hearts to showing up so they can show up in more liberated and and um, authentic. Uh, and they can accept themselves with all their flaws in their basic humanity. So we are... we. Or we are all flawed and the more we can actually show that to other people the more permission we give to each other to show up like this like i'm not perfect and i've been i i've been i have a I, i've been a perfectionist and i i am sometimes still i've catch myself with this pattern and breaking from that was the most liberating thing i've ever done mm. in my life and that's mm. why i want to teach other people how to break free from that perfectionism trap which is actually rooted it's it's rooted in shame um mm. and and getting rid of that shame mm. or being at peace with it so it doesn't bother you anymore yeah yeah powerful thank you for sharing that where can people connect with you where can they find out more about your heart work uh, yes instagram I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. Uh, I have a website, the www 
moveandgrow.co. There is no M in the end. Um, yeah, but most of the time, Instagram and LinkedIn. That's where I am the most. Uh, I shall include all those links in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. I Thank you for taking time out of your day. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I could talk to you all afternoon, but yeah. uh, that would not be a good use of your time. So just be honored if you would leave us a final thought from your good self. A final thought? Yes, please. Take a deep breath. Maybe place one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly. Feel your, feel your body. And say in your first language, I'm safe. Take a deep breath. And let that sink in. Hmm. Building up safety from inside out. Yes. I love that. Leading from your heart. Love that, my friends. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much, Ryan. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And hope hopefully we can do a bit of more work in the future together. Definitely. So, and thank you make for that creating that space and doing your work. I love your podcast. I've just um, yesterday been listening to some uh, of the wrap up that you have on YouTube from last year. And I really love that. Uh, I need to get back to... Uh, I think it was John Gray and Bruce Lipton that I really wanted to hear. And I, I was actually um, surprised that uh, Bruce Lipton uh, podcast was. Uh, yes. Banned? Yes. Censored. Yes. Censored. Yes. Well, I'm like, oh, my God, I love this guy. He's so smart. It's like, yeah. oh, all right. Bruce Lipton, really the cell biologist for 60 years, you know, and somehow saying something wrong you know about his profession it's amazing what happens when you have a different opinion to the mainstream narrative but i guess unbelievable i and now it gets me into even like i want to hear it more because it's censored <laughs> That's right right so it has the power yeah powerful yeah. isn't it anyway thank you so much for your time i appreciate you thank you hey my friends thank you for making it to the end i hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are and hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know one or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections, and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you.